0: Pigeon! Make Maddie proud, make daddy proud! Don't dye your hair. It's only a game. Why you have to be mad.
1: Hello, welcome back everybody. Um We're going to do something a little different today. So we are just going to do a full Women's Hockey episode. We've pushed this episode probably three times now, but for good reason. Number one is because we were like, okay, let's do it after they do the free agency period. And then I was like, well, the draft's only like five days later based on when we were going to record. So I was like, it's easy. We'll just push it again. And we'll Mm -hmm. talk after the draft. So the draft ended like two hours ago, (laughs) barely. (laughs) <laughs> An hour and a half. So you have some pretty instant analysis. So if I'm missing things, that's why. <laughs> we'll probably have additional commentary later on. But we're just going to start from when I, the last piece or the first piece of PWHL news that I have, which is from the beginning of August. So old hat at this point. <laughs> um. Okay, so... The they hired Burton Lee as director of game and operations, game operations and fan experience. Um, he has worked for a long time with the Peterborough Peats, so it's exciting to see that they're, you know, looking within people who have, people who have worked within hockey already, um, and there are. Like several others that they've, uh, looked into as well, and had from Women's Leagues, which I think we've mentioned before. I don't have them all off the top of my head, but um, one who's coming to mind is I cannot think of her last name, but Chelsea. <laughs> she worked on the CWHL. She was um, a GM for Markham as well, but she did all like a lot of marketing type stuff, so she's continuing to do that with the PWHL. Um. So in terms of some prior movement oh you know what we didn't even know it's called the pwhl that's how long it's been surprise <laughs> it's officially called the pwhl <laughs> can you tell how organized i am <laughs> <laughs> so yes officially called the pwhl will i struggle with that probably i'll get there sure. well it, it's fine if they changed the acronym for the NHL, too, I would also struggle with it. It's everything, you know? Mm-hmm. They changed the name of, it, like, an arena. That's still the ACC to me. Oh, absolutely. But it is. <laughs> um, Okay. Amanda Kessel uh, was hired by the Penguins. I think we might have mentioned that before. Maybe not. I don't recall, but it said in her in the release that she would be taking a year off for playing for the U.S. to focus on her new position and to train in preparation for the new Women's Professional Hockey League. That's such a debut in January. However, um, everybody had to anybody who wanted to be drafted had to put their name in to the draft and you can't be signed as a free agent after the draft unless you had put your name in in the beginning. And Amanda Kessel did not put her name in. So that was kind of a surprise because she had told us like three weeks before that that she was going to play. So I don't know if something has changed with the her position or if it's just that the team locations, which I guess I can tell you now, um, <laughs> don't align with working for the Penguins. Um, so they are Toronto, Montreal, Ottawa. Minnesota, just as a whole state. No city, just a whole state.
0: <laughs> We're playing um,
1: everywhere. <laughs> exactly, everywhere. Boston and New York. And Again, New York will probably the whole not state. play in New York. It'll be like the tri-state. We'll see where they end up. There was a lot of talk about Connecticut, New Jersey. Who knows? Probably not New York State, though. <laughs> um. So those are the six teams the draft happened today, September 18th and the free agency period was from September 1st to September 10th. So each team had um, three players. They were allowed to sign three players before the draft. So to like guarantee you your three players. So, you know, everybody was like, obviously Poulin's going to sign with Montreal, but past that we're like kind of pretty sure, but also we don't want to make assumptions. Um, so that was that position. Um, The draft was 15 rounds long, which sounds really long when you think about 31 teams, but it's okay. It's only six teams, but it was really long. It started at 1.30 and ended at about six o'clock.
0: That's crazy. It was very long.
1: <laughs> yeah. And I was like watching it and like trying to work and I had a meeting with my boss and I'm like trying to watch while I'm meeting with my <laughs> boss. I have more
0: important things to be doing. Exactly. A meeting at this time?
1: Exactly. Do. I'm like, you should have known. Our meeting was initially scheduled for the morning too. I would have been perfectly fine. And then you moved it. And I was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> um, training, training camps will start the week of November about 15th. The week will start in January, which we have learned about um they'll play a 24 game season in their first season um it will run from nearish January 1st to potentially June they will make a full stop for Worlds only makes sense with the number of players who will be playing for their national teams um
0: oh I have a question yes back to the draft how did they Decide like the draft
1: order, like that they, they just put allegedly everyone- did a lottery, but they didn't televise it. And I find it a little suspicious that one, Minnesota got number one, and two, Montreal got six. Because obviously, Montreal getting six, you go, Well, Montreal already has the best player in the world. You know already that they're going to sign Marie-Philippe Pouin. There's mm-hmm. such like the most minuscule chance that she'd signed anywhere else. So to me, it was a little bit rigged. And then for Minnesota, the ex- expectation was that Taylor Heisey, who is from Minnesota and played, I think it was University of Minnesota. I could be wrong. She played for a university in Minnesota. We'll just leave it there. <laughs> um, Was expected to go first overall, kind of regardless of who was picking first. So that's why I'm like, eh, it's a little suspicious, but hmm. Yes, there was nothing televised but allegedly there was uh lottery. Um, and then it was the snake draft so they went 1 to 6, 6 to 1.
0: Yeah.
1: Um Uh okay, so all we know about where they're playing right now is Nobody technically has a home base. We're expecting that a lot of their games will be played in ohl size rinks, but there will be some in ahl size rinks. So, for instance, like when Montreal comes to town, it's possible that the Toronto team could play at the Coca-Cola Coliseum, where the Marlies play. They'd probably sell more tickets than the Marlies, as someone who goes to Marlies games. <laughs> They're often very empty. So. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so that's good. Like they'll be playing in they want a rank that's reasonable sized so that it doesn't look like they have no fans, but it's not too small that people don't want to go or that they'll get sold out and have lots of people still looking for tickets mm-hmm. um, we know most teams will have about eleven to thirteen full time or staff members, most of them being full-time. So that includes like training staff, um, dieticians. I'm not sure if that would include people like st- statisticians and analytics type people as well. I don't know if that's what it means by full-time by staff. It's kind of vague, but um, that is better than any other leak we've had before. Um, and then the NHL will also host some neutral site games, which will presumably be in NHL ranks in say Nashville or Washington. Um, I'd imagine Pittsburgh is a top option as well, based on everything they've done in the past. Also just Kyle Dubis, Um, and the league and players will appear at special event games with the NHL. Which is good. So they'll probably make an appearance at the All-Star game again. Um, it'll be good to actually say a league name because they never said mm-hmm. that before. Yeah. It's just like women's hockey women's players. players.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> and you're like, okay. <laughs>
0: um, what else? Um...
1: There won't be any draft trick. There wasn't any allowed to be any draft pick trading this season. Um, They'll be trading next year, though, for the draft, because it'll be all new players in the draft. I actually, I assume returning players, or not returning players, but people who weren't drafted this year could probably enter the draft again. Um, But it's also possible that they make a team in free agency um through training camps we still have no idea what the names are going to be they have confirmed that no phf teams um will like phf names despite buying those the rights of that will be used which is kind of unfortunate because specifically to me for the minnesota whitecaps which is a team that has existed in i think three separate women's hockey leagues they existed in the CWHL. I think they existed in what was, I think, called something like the Western Women's Hockey League. Um, So they played teams in Alberta and like Western Canada as mm-hmm. well. And then also the PHF. So it's kind of unfortunate not to keep that legacy to me. And it's, it's a good name also. There it is. Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> like some of the names I thought were bad. Like I personally really think Toronto Six was a horrible name. I thought it was a horrible <laughs> name um so I'm fine with it being gone (laughs) but like the Whitecaps I think has a great history and should be Mm -hmm. recorded um the NHL has no the NHL is involved but they have no like brand involvement in terms of uh like naming the teams or anything like that so it won't be like like Montreal was like Canadien as opposed to can- Canadians I don't know how to say Canadians in a French accent but I can say the feminized version of it <laughs> I something messed up in my head is basically all it is <laughs> okay um so what we know about the operation staff Jana Hefford is senior VP of hockey operations. Annie Cammons is VP of Hockey Operations. Chris Burkett is VP of League Operations and Compliance. Alexis Miller is Director of Player Experience. Um, She was a player and has uh, really recently moved into that, that type of position. I think maybe a year or two ago, not long. It was Chelsea Purcell. That's the last name I was trying to think of. Um, So yeah, so she's sponsorship type stuff. And then from the PHF, there was Nicole Bargo who is the Director of Finance, uh, LJ Baya is Manager of Sponsorships and Ticketing, and Jim Pfeiffer, who is the Vice President of Commercial Operations. So we do have some people from both. Um some it's possible that the Minnesota wild, uh, not wild, the Minnesota team will play at the wilds facility at the XL Energy Center, which is pretty exciting. If they are playing in an NHL rink. that's awesome, yeah. especially to me because it feels like it would be very easy to double bill them like Saturday night, 3 p.m. or 2 p.m. The women play, 7 p.m. the men play, like something like that is very mm-hmm. easy to do. Um, I also think personally that that would be a good idea for the Marlies because the Marlies always play at about four o'clock on Saturdays um, which I think is part of the reason why they don't get very many people there because kids hockey happens in from the morning to the afternoon for instance our practices are at 1 30 and 2 30 this year and I am not less than half an hour away from the Marlies rank to get there for puck drop right so I think that's part of their issue but I'm not here to solve the Marlies, Um, (laughs) (laughs) but if you had the 4 PM start for the Marlies and an 8 PM start for the women afterwards, I think that's also something very easy. You double bill them both and they should increase both gates in Mm -hmm. my opinion. Um, The general managers for the teams. So Boston's is Danielle Marmer, Minnesota's Natalie Darwitz. all Most of these people have done stuff in hockey before. I only remember what some of them have done is a problem. So I will tell you what I know off the top of my head. Um, Natalie Darwitz was Taylor Heisey's coach in whatever university she was at. Um, <laughs> I could just Google it, but that's far too much effort. <laughs> um. So she was her uh coach at that university. So she's coached for a long time and it'll be, I think, a pretty reasonable transition for her to into GM. Montreal is Danielle Sauvageau, Sauvageau. I cannot say that today. Um, She is, she's been in woman Talking for a long time as well. I, she was basically in the general manager position for the PWHPA Montreal team as well. Um. So again, this is not new to her and she knows what she's
0: doing. <laughs> it looks like an author. She does. I'm looking at her picture right now. Yep. She, she does. Like, New York does best selling or whatever. She does actually.
1: You're right. <laughs> um, New York is Pascal Daou. Um, Ottawa is Michael Hirschfield, and Toronto is Gina Kingsbury. Gina Kingsbury is currently, I think, currently still in charge of the Canadian women's national team. Um, so that is her job. She is basically general manager for that. Um. Oh, this even has descriptions, and I just ignored them. Oh well. Um. Okay, Danielle Marmer was working with the Bruins last year as player development and scouting assistant, and she worked at Quinnipiac. I cannot pronounce that. I this is probably wrong. Is that More, right?
0: Yeah, Quinnipiac's right.
1: Okay, look at me go. <laughs> Woo! Um. In Connecticut College, and she played at Quinnipiac too. Um. Uh University of Is that University of Minnesota? Is it Gophers University of Minnesota or just like Minnesota? What how do you refer to that?
0: Uh Gophers is I want to say university. Let me do a quick you know, a, a, a quick Udle. <laughs> <laughs> uh Minnesota gophers. I say Minnesota State. <gasps> this has always confused me.
1: See, this is why see this is why I don't try because we're not that confusing. We just have different names for things.
0: And it's the University of Minnesota.
1: Okay, there you go. So Taylor Heisey plays at the University of Minnesota and Allie Derwitz um was is was coach of the Gophers for the past few years. Um and she's played at NCAA's, she's played for the US national team. She's very experienced. Mm, done it all. Exactly. Um, okay, so Pascal Daou was the general manager of I don't know what team that is. Uh, QMJHL team that I cannot its bio does not tell me that it's something I've heard of. So one in Quebec, I take it. <laughs> That's all I got. <laughs> it's not one of the few that I know, but I mostly know the Nova Scotia ones, so that's not it's a French problem. It's fine, it's different. <laughs> um, he also was an assistant coach at the University of Montreal for the women's team. Uh, Michael Hirschfield, it has been an executive at the NHL Coaches Association, um, and he was also apparently a lawyer at one point but this is his first time in women's hockey. Sure. Yeah. That is the rundown of your GMs. Um, oh, the other thing about Danielle Sauvignon is that um she created center 21.02, which is where, which is the first and only recognized high performance hockey center for women athletes in Canada. Um, so the PWHA T, T PWHPA team um last year practiced out of there and I think they played some of their games there and the PHF team also practiced there last year, the force. Um so that's again really good to see. <laughs> um, but so they'll be using that facility again and it will give team Montreal a bit of an advantage. Because they'll have a personalized training environment <laughs> unique yeah. to literally only them. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so the draft order was Minnesota, Toronto, Boston, New York, Ottawa, and then Montreal, and then they reverse it. So there was, um, okay. We'll get to the draft after. I forgot that there was other things that happened first. <laughs> um, so Ottawa will likely be sharing a rink and facilities with the Ottawa 67s, the OHL team. And the great thing about that is that it they play at, I believe it's TD Place, which is actually reasonably accessible from the downtown part of Ottawa, unlike the Canadian Tire Centre. <laughs> I love that for them exactly like it's wonderful because i was i was asking my my brother lives in ottawa and i was asking him i was like this is it's like not far right and he was like it's not close but it's not far and i was like compared to the canadian tire center this is like so close (laughs) um so that's really exciting and genuinely puts this them at a bigger advantage than the senators
0: (laughs) like you're just gonna be like listen I can see other hockey I don't need to watch the senators exactly that's for my tv if I want live hockey this is what I'll go to exactly and I hope
1: that's a lot of people's thought processes and Mm -hmm. they're not well like my brother lives very close to the University of Ottawa it's not I would think it's like a 20 minute bus ride which is really nothing in most cities it took me 20 minutes to bus basically anywhere when I was in university so like to me that's nothing (laughs) um so hopefully they'll get university students out to watch as well which would be exciting um we have also heard that there were over well over 60 candidates for the position of general manager they had kind of like put it out into the while you submit your resume kind of thing um which is almost insane But it also makes a lot of sense when we think about all the former players who are working in the game and coaching at universities or coaching like high level junior women's teams, etc. And let alone like working in GM positions at these universities and stuff like that. So it makes a lot of sense and it's Mm. a lot. Um, so the GMs will lead each organization, but will have both league and local support for things like marketing and like any hiring assistance they need. The GMs also hire their own coaches, which we will get to in a bit. Um, okay. So our first signing ever in the PWHL was Emily Clark. So she signed in Ottawa, which is very exciting. Um they also signed Brian Jenner and Emmons Mashmire so three Canadian national team members. Um I don't know how, but somehow Brian Jenner is still like low key underrated as a player, which is insane considering how good a player she is and how many Mm -hmm. points she puts up on the national team (laughs) but she is still like low-key underrated because people never talk about her as being like the level of player she is but she's Mm -hmm. a great um she plays on the penalty kill and the power play and is just like a great four checker and is pretty clutch too like it's not just Marie-Philippe she is also very clutch um and Emily Clark is kind of similar she's a, like kind of relentless player um good on the penalty kill as well and she's just a big fast scary player in a way um and then emerald smashmeyer is one of the best goalies in the world i have nothing else to say that's it that's all it <laughs> is hear it at the end of this sentence mm-hmm Um. okay so they all signed three-year deals and they have said that they will not disclose they being the pwhpa the players association portion have said that they will not be disclosing salaries publicly i think it might just be at this point in time they might do it afterwards but there is an internal portal so that when newer like players drafted today are negotiating their salaries. they can see, oh Brian Jenner was paid this much. I'm as good as Brian Jenner or I'm kind of in between Brian Jenner and another player. So mm-hmm. like they do have the access to these resources, which is that's good frankly more important than us knowing.
0: Mm-hmm. but
1: it is fun for us to know. I want to yeah. play with a salary cap. <laughs> there, well, not that there's a cap, but I want to play with it, you know like <laughs> yeah. um, okay. yes um so yeah their decision their position was that they didn't want to decide for an unknown player pool about disclosing everyone's salaries because at that point in time in theory you don't know who anybody is Mm -hmm. um like obviously you have some idea of who's going to make teams but there are lots of players who would be buying for spots who perhaps might not want their salary disclosed um and then one it's they said it'll be re- revisited after all of the contracts have been signed for this season so they might end up releasing everything which i think would be good um for us as fans because mm-hmm. we've had such a lack of transparency from all the previous iterations of women's leagues that it makes us very cautious <laughs> we're like concerned <laughs> like just tell us everything please <laughs>
0: They're going to be able to live. Yeah.
1: Um, oh, yes. Okay, so a notable person who did not enter the draft as well was Jean-Bierre Lacasse, who, spoiler alert, I don't know if we mentioned this, her and Emmerich Mashmeyer got married this summer. Like, I'm sorry, this would have been the ultimate goaltending duo. Like, like they were already goalie partners, but just, like, married... And goalie partners—that's just a next level, Magic. absolutely next level. Also, pure chaos household. I'm sure of it. Absolutely, they're both goalies. <laughs> <laughs> but Emily Clark did say that for a goalie, emma Smashmire is pretty. She's pretty normal. <laughs> but <laughs> but there was that for a goalie
0: qualifier. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this, there was a disclaimer. Yeah, <laughs> um, so like not fully normal, just pretty normal. being put it against. Put her against others.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, so that was that decision, which is kind of unfortunate because like I said, I would just love a wives as a goalie duo <laughs> vibe. Um Reagan Carney Carrie Carney, um, who was the PHF commissioner, is also still involved with the PWHL. She holds the title of special advisor to the board of directors. Do I know what any of these words mean? No, but Not at all. they're involved somehow. <laughs> um. Okay, so the three signees in Toronto were Sarah Nurse, Blair Turnbull, and Renata Fast. I feel like I, again, need very little introduction for these three players. Like, do I need to explain who they are? No. Are they fantastic? Yes. Am I very happy about all three of them? Also, yes. <laughs> um, and again, all three-year deals as well. Um, to me, that was, like, the most obvious in a way. Okay, I won't actually. Okay. So, oh, my goodness. Not already. Oh, God. <laughs> um. So, the to me, the biggest surprise was actually, one, Ottawa not signing Jamie Lee Rattray, who is from near Ottawa and fits exactly the description of player the GM was saying he'd like, and then they're like, no, we're going to sign. And not that. I wouldn't sign Brian Jenner or Emily Clark, but like it just didn't make sense to me. Um, and also Brian Jenner not being near Toronto because she's lived near Toronto and like coached around here as well and had camps around here too. Um, so that was a little bit of a surprise for me. Um, and we heard also that Sarah Nurse had offers Two other offers for more money, but chose Toronto. And Renata Fast said she had four other offers, some for more money, um, but chose Toronto. So she had, like, that means Renata Fast had offers from five of the six teams, <laughs> which is just crazy. It's just crazy. Um, Minnesota's three players are Least Deckline, Kelly Panic and Kendall Coyne, Showfield. Um, that was just like, okay, for me, because I, if you're American, you're probably happy about this, but to me, I'm just like angry. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I am still like mad at them. I don't want to think about
0: it. <laughs> it's so funny, because you're, like, you just scroll, I'm looking at the tweet right now, and you just scroll from the Ottawa little picture to the Minnesota picture and it's all Canadian players all American players
1: yeah we're like okay who's gonna go off the books here not pick someone <laughs> from their team <laughs> from their country <laughs> um okay and then Boston was Hillary Knight also very obvious Aaron Frankel also obvious and Megan Keller obvious and again I'm just like yep that sounds about right mm-hmm That's all I have to say about those three. (laughs) Um, Okay, Montreal surprised me in one way, but we'll get to that in a second. Obviously, Marie-Philippe Pouin. Who else? Genuinely, who else? (laughs) Um, And René Desbiens, who, again, one of the best goalies in the world. And then Laura Stacey was the surprise to me, because I feel like there's a lot of people who are higher talent level than her but her work ethic is just insane again her very similar to Brian um not Brian Jenner uh, Blair Turnbull and Emily Clark kills penalties just a relentless four checker if you like and again she's like six feet tall it's a little scary when her and Emily Clark are on the ice together I'm just like yes this is like the mean line they're not mean but like (laughs) if I was saw them coming at me I'd be like okay stay away from me
0: <laughs> they
1: make her look so little in
0: this graphic
1: they do <laughs> um but I well as we know maybe we know if you've been listening to me talk before Marie Poin and Laura Stacey are engaged um so I was surprised that they didn't have just opt for the compassionate waiver form which um was something that you can complete and say I need, I have a reason to be in this specific market. Can I please only be drafted to this specific market? Um, so I was kind of surprised I didn't use that, but no complaints. <laughs> and I don't like wanting to like a Montreal team, but you know, you can't not like really Philippe yeah. So, <laughs> And Laura Stacey is genuinely one of my favorite players. So <laughs> it is what it is um okay so over 300 people declared for the draft they went through and made sure people were eligible in terms of um like player like level played I think so for instance had I put into the draft they would have been like no way in hell Megan (laughs) (laughs) like like which fair that's fair (laughs) nobody should be even thinking about drafting me (laughs) um so yeah so they did a little bit of due diligence and made sure that there was reasonable level of skill there and it wasn't you know people like me putting in because I could Mm -hmm. um because I could have but I think it would be really really funny actually (laughs) (laughs) like who who (laughs) can we get some film on this person yeah exactly you don't have anyway just whatever someone's boyfriend has taped of our women's league (laughs) that's it um okay and then in New York's three players were Abby Rock Alex Carpenter and Mika Sandy Hart so we finally have a non-Canadian or a non-American signed with an American team in Mika Sandy Hart who is she's a defenseman she's like pretty offensive but also very solid defensively and abby rock and alex carpenter again need very little introduction um they brought 50 players to the draft 24 former pwhpa members 26 combined ncaa international and former phf players to be physically there at the draft um it was kind of, I we're unclear how this one, how it was these people were selected and two, um whether anyone we I'm like I'm not sure because we don't know who was invited. We don't know if everyone who was there got drafted. And like one of the last people to get drafted was there, which was a little bit scary when you get to the bottom of the list. Um but I don't know I think part of it was also just like logistically they were like okay we'll bring in the top players from like Canada and the U.S. or whatever and a couple others but we don't want to pay for people who are like have Mm -hmm. to come from further away and are like less likely a little less likely to go kind of early um in the draft um Okay, one of the people, there have been a couple of people who signed in Europe, basically like for the time being, I'm in Europe, but I've entered the draft, and if I get picked or if I make a free agent, make a camp as a free agent, I'm going, like, so one of these people is Fanny who, um who is from the Hungarian national team, she was their captain, uh, she signed in the SDHL and entered in the draft. She, uh, whoa, spoiler alert, was not picked today. Um. So she, what it means, I guess I should tell you what it means. If you weren't picked today, um, you have the opportunity to be invited to a free agent camp. They have, after today, they have a total of 18 players. They need to have 21. So it'd be three more spots. And then they need to have 28, minimum 28 people at camp. So basically just about everyone will have uh, sorry I shouldn't say just about everyone there'll be about a hundred people without which is not when you look at the list it's not too bad because most of these lower tier players like there were people from d3 schools like my mom's friend's daughter who went to a d3 school put in but like to me it's very obvious that she's not going to make a team um, the Victory Press had a really good ranking by um, tier of every of every single person who um, entered the draft. They released all of the names of every single person who entered the draft, um, which I think is really helpful. There was a 16-year-old who entered the draft. I don't believe she was picked, but again, why not if you're playing that high-level hockey you technically could have the option to skip going to school like the men do and just go straight into a league. Yeah. Which is um super exciting. So um yes, the draft was on TV today, which is always really exciting. It was across all Canadian sports platforms. It was on Nessin and ESPN. Again, super exciting. Um, And we'll get into it when we start a new meeting. Okay. Um, So some notable names who did not enter the draft list include um, Amanda Castle, which we talked about earlier, Rebecca Johnston. Um, We have not heard why with Rebecca Johnston. Um, She played in the Worlds last year. That was only like five months ago, six months ago now. Um, Not clear on. Why? And nobody's really heard anything. So to me, perhaps she's thinking about retiring. She's getting older, but she's not like bad. So I I I don't know, but it depends on family situation and all that as well. So um Rebecca Johnson is really interesting. Um another one is Yenny Hirkovsky. So she is Finnish. She <laughs> she's the one who's played in like so many worlds it's a record at this point (laughs) um and genuinely one of the top defenders in the world I we were watching her and we were like oh my god oh my god that's crazy it was just absolutely insane her level of play so I think she's going to stick with playing in Europe which is what she's done in the past I don't think she's ever played in North America um and then same with Petra Nemanim Um, was also not, uh, did not put her name on the
0: list again. I believe she's Finnish, and is going to be playing in Sweden. Um. What else? Uh, oops. Yeah, so the youngest player... Who
1: declared for the draft is Lily the Goat. Um, she's
0: sixteen year old sixteen years old, which is kind of crazy. Um, I, was, I saw that date of birth and it was like a jump scare.
1: Literally, literally. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, lots of good players, mostly NCAA. Obviously, former PWHPA and PHF players. There's a couple of international players, which is really exciting.
0: Someone from Japan.
1: Yes, there's a couple from Japan. Um, two, there's two sisters and a goalie as well. I think. Oh, so fun. Yeah, um, I would say a lot more Europeans than we normally see, and there was also notably forty-four
0: goalies which is crazy I didn't even know there were that many goalies in this world
1: <laughs> exactly you're like 44 that's so many <laughs> and I already told you like Lacasse isn't playing <laughs> like that's another top one in the pretty close to top in the world who isn't there Um, they represent 17 different countries which is crazy. There's um people from Sweden, Japan, obviously Canada, the US, Finland, Hungary, um France. I believe there was an Austrian and the Czech Republic as well. Those are that's just off the top of my head. That was like nine ish. I'm sure there were others, but again, like that's really cool to see because we have not seen that in women's hockey. Is this? Wide level of women's of
0: international. TW in Taiwan. It might be, yeah. It is, yeah. Crazy,
1: right? Like, (laughs) um. So yeah, like a lot of players and a lot, a lot, a lot
0: of goalies, which is crazy. Mm -hmm. Um so yeah there's just
1: so many good players around (laughs) you're just like oh my god um okay we are on to we'll briefly touch on some international news and then we'll come back to coaches and then actually get into what happened in the draft um international news carla mcleod has been extended as the czech national team's coach through 2026 um it genuinely seemed like her and the women were having so much fun, like, so much fun, um, during, and that they really, like, looked up to her and cared about what she was saying, which is, I think, a great position you to be in as a coach, is the willingness to learn from you, but also they're happy to be around you is really important, um, and then also the, so we talked about the women's world's the Group A, no, Level <laughs> level 1A. I can't remember how they refer to it. Anyway, so we had two teams. No, one team that was demoted. That was Japan, which I thought really sucked because they, they were so close. They just needed to score some more. <laughs> um, But we finally had the Division 1A. Yes, okay, that is just the women's world. And then the Division 1A is the group that gets promoted. So that had been delayed to August and China won that, so they will be promoted into group into the top group next year. Um
0: and Japan will take their place in group one. Um I think that was the only really extremely
1: notable thing from that. Um but we also learned something really interesting. Laura Fortino who is a former Canadian national team player, she has not been on the team in probably 3 or so years, maybe a little longer. She's also she also played for the Markham Thunder in the CWHL. Um has announced that she's going to play professionally in Italy and join their national team ahead of the 2026 Olympics which is Torino. So, Italy will be the host country. I think part of that is to um Try and improve that team and see if they can play as the host country as well, like China did um and really exciting for her she is obviously has Italian heritage, that's how she's able to. Her grandparents played or uh, came from Italy, so wishing her the best, going to miss her in North America, but I think she'll be a great leader over mm-hmm. there um okay. Head coaches for the PWHL. Courtney Kessel, who is not actually a Kessel, but is a Kessel by marriage, um, will be the head coach of Boston. Charlie Burgraff is the head coach of Minnesota. Howie Draper is the head coach of New York. He has been an NCAA coach for like 20 years in the women's game, like a long ass time. Mm-hmm. Um, Corey Chevry is the head coach in Montreal. She's had experience with the women's national team as an assistant. Troy Ryan, who is the head coach of the women's national team, is in Toronto. Gina Kingsbury went with what she knew. Um, she was like, we'll just create another Canadian women's national team right here in Toronto. <laughs> and then Carla Cloud
0: will be the head coach in Ottawa. Um... Man, there's all this men's hockey stuff mixed in with my but
1: book- bookmarks, and I don't like it. <laughs> um, stupid men's hockey! Don't they know <laughs> This is women's hockey? Um, so this is okay. Before we get back to the PWHL, this I forgot that this happened this week. Um, the Kalamazoo Wings have signed goaltender Mariah Fujimajari Fujimagari um to a pro tryout for their ECHL team which is exciting Um, she's played in the PHF for a bit and in the SCHL over in Sweden um, so hopefully I always want to see women playing in the men's game because mm-hmm. men always think they're better and they're not yeah. <laughs> so I always like to
0: see that so it will be very exciting to see what happens with that. And I hope she um makes the team. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. Are we ready for the draft now? I'm not going to go through everybody who was drafted. I will go through the first round, maybe the first two rounds name by name, and then I'll pull out some notable people and we'll talk about some notable people who didn't get drafted today and what that means for them. Um, First of all, though, some quotes from the players. Okay, actually I guess first of all was there was they said the draft started at one. They lied like all hockey broadcasts do. Um and it started at one thirty. But they had half an hour pre draft coverage from um Andy Petrillo was the host and she hosts lots of stuff for the C B C and T S N and stuff. Um and then they had Shannon Zapatos who noted Former best goaltender in the world, Shannon <laughs> Um, and then they had Haley Salvian of the Athletic. She's been covering women's hockey for a long time. Um, I okay. She also fun fact: she lives in Toronto right now, and she kept like tweeting about going to the same concerts as me. And I genuinely saw her at two different ones. I didn't say hi, but I was like tempted. I was like Haley, why are you following me? <laughs> I was like this this needs to stop. <laughs> um and then they also had Cheryl Pander who as we know um has does the color commentary for the world's for Canada at least and has done some work with the senators and again former national team player very big impact on the game still cuz she um she's had a camp for a long time and she coaches her daughters who both play very high level girls hockey in Brampton. Um so yeah, so that was really exciting to see like a full pre-draft panel. They were discussing the picks, they were debating the picks a little bit. Like exactly like what you want to see from any draft coverage, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um and then kind of a quick pre um draft quote from Aaron Ambrose was Um, I can't wrap my head around how cool today has been. She said her agency had hair and makeup stylists in for the players, um, and they'll go out with some of the fellow players from her agency later today, which is, it's just great. It's wonderful. Okay. The moment you've all been waiting for, um, the draft. So, oh, I forgot a stipulation (laughs) before we get to the draft. I lied. I'm sorry. Um, it was just that when they were signing the players, they couldn't sign people who had just graduated. So you had to have been played a year of professional hockey already or like taken a year off from school um, or not taking a year, but taking a year off after school um, t- in order to be signed. So they didn't want any new exit NCAA players to be signed immediately. So that would be Taylor Heisey and Alina Mueller would be the two most notable ones there. Mm-hmm. So if you're wondering, like, why did we expect her to go first overall? That's your answer. is because they couldn't sign her to begin with. So yes, Taylor Heisey went first overall to, to I almost said Montreal, Minnesota. <laughs> <laughs> um, again, very obvious. She played for Natalie Darwitz, who is their GM. Um... And then next we had a touch of a surprise in that 35-year-old Jocelyn Larocque was taken second overall by Toronto. I say kind of a surprise just basically based on her age. Otherwise, it's so obvious. She and Renata Fast have played together for a long time on the national team. Um, She's just a fantastic shutdown defenseman and somehow has been getting better. I don't know people just there's some of these women just keep getting better with age and you're like how how (laughs) oh well to be fair the answer is mostly additional support and resources that they didn't have when they were younger but still (laughs) um okay and then Boston took Alina Mueller again very obvious pick she was absolutely a standout for the Swiss national team um in fact, it was basically there were two of them on the Swiss national team. It was her and Alina Mills, who Alina Mills has now retired. So it will just be just Mueller. That's it. It's just going to be her. Um, she also very fun fact is the youngest women's hockey, youngest hockey, sorry, youngest ever hockey player to win an Olympic medal. She was sixteen when. Switzerland won the bronze in
0: 2014. Insane. Insane, exactly. (laughs)
1: I'm like, that, she's the same age as me. I don't want to think
0: about it. I just, I mean, not even just with her, but just like, Olympians in general. I remember Mm -hmm. watching them in like, high school, being like a sophomore in high school and like, these some of these kids are the same age as me. They're kids. Yeah, exactly. Like the figure How skinnies you especially, that, like, you're like, oh my god, I'm so young. Like at fifteen years old. Yeah. Absolutely insane.
1: <laughs> um, and then New York took Ella Shelton. We had quite a run of a run of defensemen actually. <laughs> so New York took Ella Shelton, and then Ottawa took Savannah Harvin. Um, Shelton is Canadian, plays on the Canadian national team. Harmon is American, na- American national team. Um, and then Montreal took Aaron Ambrose, which, um, I was a little upset about cause I love Aaron Ambrose and also her and Sarah Nurse are like best friends. And I was a little upset that they're not playing together for that reason. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then Montreal took Kristen O'Neill, who is a forward, but, um, Ottawa took Ashton Bell, who is. Again, a Canadian defender. <laughs> um, and then New York took Jamie Barbane, another Canadian defender, and Boston took Sophie Jax, who just recently graduated. I think also just graduated last year, and another defender. Um, <laughs> sorry, not Jax, Jake's. It just it's Q U E S, and my logic says that's Jax, but it's not. It's Jake's.
0: Interesting. Um,
1: and then Toronto took Emma Maltese. We need to talk about Emma Maltese's outfit. She literally looked like a Barbie. It was so cute. She, the one that's wearing like the, the pink, pink. Yeah. I yeah. love that for her. She's wearing like a pink um, jacket and skirt. And she has these like giant, they're very large, pink <laughs> heels. Um, and she just looked like a Barbie. It was amazing. I loved it. I love her. How old is she? Uh probably twenty-three, twenty-four, twenty-four, twenty-five. I was gonna say, like she has such a baby face. She does, yes. Um, and the Minnesota took Nicole Hensley, who was our first goalie off the board. Um, and it felt like after that they were like, oh, like Toronto like panicked. They're like, okay, well, well, I guess we we better get a goalie too. Um, because with their next pick, they picked Kristen Campbell, who is another Canadian national team goalie. Um, because that's all we care about is Canadian national team goalies, apparently. <laughs> and defensemen! <laughs> um, so yeah, some other notable things to me were Jamie Lee Rattray, who I said, um, from outside of Ottawa, would have been great if she played in Ottawa. Boston, just grabbed her up and was like, ours, actually. <laughs> um, which I love that for her. Um, it was also really great because they did, um, I think after every single player for the first four rounds, they did a little quick little interview with Anna Buxis, who was, she's hosts a l- whole bunch of stuff for the CBC, but she was also a speed skater for Canada. Um, but it was really cool to hear them specifically Thanking their girlfriends, which is really nice because you never obviously with men's hockey and how straight it is, you never hear that. But it's really nice to hear it just in a public forum. They're feeling comfortable enough to say it on TV, etc. Mm. Um, which is just really nice to see. Um, I also wanted to shout out so they had the they had the purple carpet instead of the red carpet, because their color is purple. Periwinkle purple. Um yeah, they had kind of a public red carpet before, but no public was allowed in during the draft because it was literally in the CBC building in downtown Toronto. There was not enough space for any extra people. <laughs> um, I hope, hopefully, in the future, they'll be able to host like a proper draft where fans can come and boo when their GM makes a bad pick and <laughs> stuff, you know, <laughs> or look absolutely terrified like that woman from Montreal terrified and disappointed I don't even remember what draft that was but a couple drafts ago <laughs> uh so yeah I just wanted but I did want to shout out all the parents who said screw school you're com- you can go see this um because to me like I'm trying not to get emotional again because I did cry for about half of the afternoon um <laughs> because like Just thinking about the evolution of women's hockey in my lifetime is crazy. The first Olympics that women's played hockey at was the year I was born. Like, women's hockey is still in the professional, in the international sphere, a very new sport. It's only Mm -hmm. 25 years old. Um, But it's just amazing to see how far it's come. And it's so nice to see that the little girls have something to look up to. Because while I had that, it was not at all professional. They were playing in virtually the same rinks I played in, which is, again, not as special as playing in an OHL rink or an AHL rink. Um, and it was just really nice to see all the little girls there. And so shout out to their parents who said, yep, we'll take you out of school. You don't need to go to school. And same with if there were any of their parents who, kept them out of school, and they stayed home to watch the draft on TV. Yeah, love that. Yeah, it was really nice.
0: Um, it's also going to be cool like when they grow up to be able to be like, oh, like, I got yeah, to like, watch I... the draft as like, a little kid. Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah, it's it's absolutely amazing. Um, okay, let me see if I can get some notable other picks here. So Natalie Spooner had confirmed that she had done the compassionate circumstance to stay in Toronto because obviously she has a new baby Mm -hmm. and I don't actually know what her husband's doing right now but something I assume he was a hockey coach he did at some point help coach the true one of the PWHPA teams the one that she was on um so I assume I assume he's doing something. I don't know what Adam's up to. (laughs) It's not my job to know.
0: (laughs) Guys being dudes. (laughs) Exactly. If
1: he's not working in the women's hockey sphere, I don't know. I don't care. (laughs) Um, It was also really cool to see they had um, a lot of older women's hockey players there. Um, Obviously, you can't go to any women's hockey event without them trying to have uh, Cassie Campbell-Pascal. Of course, she was there. She had her daughter with her. They announced one of the picks. um, Vicky Sanahara and Lori Dupuis. Um, There was obviously Jane Hefford. (laughs) Uh, Billie Jean King was there and made a very nice speech. Um, And she said that um, Kendall Coyne just kind of called her up out of the blue when the CWHL had folded and said, kind of, where do we start? And... Billie Jean King has been a really great ally and supporter along those lines because obviously you might expect she didn't know very little about hockey being from California. And she was she was like, Well, I'm from California, my wife's from South Africa, we both like barely even know what ice is. Like <laughs> 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 But because they reached out and asked for help, she went, Well duh, obviously, of course I'll help. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, so the, the, that was really cool to see as well. And it was also really cool for me because having seen the world so recently and like follow the CWHL, I followed the CWHL way closer than I followed anything else, um, just based on when it was in my life and what was going on. Um, but be, to be able to see like some of the former players there um in other roles was really cool. Like for instance, like Chelsea Purcell, I had met actually right before the CWHL folded. They had this thing that was learn about working in hockey. It was a free event. Um, and they had some of the executives, including Chelsea, uh, talk to a group of young people in t- early 2019. And, or not early 2019, right before the, um, finals for the CWHL and it folded I think less than a week later or just about a week later um, so I like I'd met her before and it was really cool to see her and see other people who like we you're aware of from being involved with and like watching the sport which is really cool Okay, back to the draft. Um. Uh, where was I? Where was I? Jessie Comper, best Comper. Toronto, woo, love her. <laughs> um. <laughs> uh, New York really likes the Canadians. They also took Jill Saunier and there was someone else, Elizabeth Giger, Giger, Giger um and Chloe Orard like they were just like and Jesse Eldridge they were like I'll, we'll take all the canadians please
0: I'm like okay
1: i guess fine <laughs> um so yeah so to me those were some notable people um because Carla McLeod coaches the Czech national team she's very familiar with some of the Czech players I think they drafted three, which is frankly a lot. <laughs> um, but I I think it's so fun. She just and she had a grin every time she got up there to say their names. <laughs> she was just like, Yep, you know. <laughs> I know what I'm doing, and you might touch it on. <laughs> exactly. Um I also loved that. Toronto took Melissa Chanel. Channel? Channel? Sorry, I don't know why I said Chanel. It's very clearly <laughs> Channel. And I knew that. Um, She and Sarah Nurse are also, or used to, I don't know if they're still very close, but they used to be very close. I believe they went to school together and they were playing on Toronto together for the Sea roy chill So that's nice to see too. Um, Montreal took another Poulain because you can't have too many hyphenated Poulains. Um, it was, I believe her name is Maud or something like that. Poulain La Belle because who doesn't need more than one hyphenated <laughs> poulet in their life? <laughs> um, we also had everybody's favorite discourse, which is some Montreal newspaper complaining about ha- them having uh, an English-speaking coach.
0: Everybody's favorite discourse. <laughs>
1: so she did get up there and struggle through some French. I'm sorry, Corey Shepard, you was not very good. <laughs> it was not very good, but you tried. And I'm not very good at French. I'm passable most of the time. <laughs> but she tried. And that's what matters. <laughs> to me, that's what matters. Like, who gives a shit? Your captain is French. I'm assuming do you do I need to make assumptions here like not really <laughs> <laughs> exactly you picked several French players your goalie is French your GM is French like you don't mm. need everybody to be French right yeah. like use our brains here <laughs> um we had a couple other Finnish players oh the another notable one was Chloe Orard oh, oh. Um, she is French which is really exciting. She went 21st overall. Which is. You're like wow that's super high for. Someone. You know like you you don't think about. These people necessarily. Because um, we are a lot of times. So national team. Canada US focused. Um, another really big thing. If you are from if you have been a fan of women's hockey for a long time, is that Montreal took...
0: Oh, where'd it go? Where'd it go? I lost it. Took, they took, they took, they took.
1: Jillian Dempsey. Jillian Dempsey has played in Boston her entire professional career in both the cwhl and the phf she has been in boston forever and boston and montreal have a big rivalry in both men's and women's hockey <laughs> and so this is just everyone who was like a fan and saw that happen where it's like what do you mean isn't that illegal isn't she supposed she has to play in boston <laughs> what do you mean <laughs> what's happening <laughs> um, so that was like a bit of a wrench for everybody. Um so yeah, there was a lot of people who weren't drafted. Um, over a hundred. Some notable no notable, notable names. Um, a lot of them to me were from the PHF, which I think part of it was underrated by certain people, for instance, Hockey Canada tends to do that, so I'm going to say Toronto probably did a little bit as well. Not that they didn't pick any PHF players because they did, Um, but I don't know why Michaela Grant-Mentis was not picked. She is a high-level player. She was very successful the last two years in Toronto and Buffalo in the PHF. It seems absolutely insane to just about everybody who follows women's hockey that she wasn't picked. Um, she to me, she obviously has to make a team. Mm-hmm. I don't know how she gets cut. Um, but we'll see. So, anybody who didn't get drafted today will have the opportunity to be invited. They can either preemptively sign as a free agent, I believe, or be invited to training camp and sign as a free agent after that. Um, so some notable names there, like I said, Michaela Grant-Mentis, Madison Packer, I think to me, Madison Packer is perhaps not the highest level of talent there is, but she's a well known name in the women's hockey world, um, and would be a good quality, just like extra player to have, you know, like she's not necessarily should be playing every game, but she's a good quality extra player to have. Um, Kaylee Fratkin, again, another PHF player. Amanda Pelkey. um, Okay, I should also preface this by saying, not everybody picked a second goalie. Because, part of the reason is because there were, one, so many goalies, and two, um, you have such a high level of talent in all of those other goalies that Mm -hmm. if you have one that you're like, yes, this is really good, we feel like we'll probably be able to sign another one. Um, So to me, they'll Everybody will get a very high-quality second goalie. They just didn't necessarily drop it. So that is my preference to saying Norratu is still available. Um, again, like I think we don't really exactly know what her level of play is right now, but like three years ago, she was one of the best goalies in the world. I don't think she's fallen off that much. Yeah. <laughs> um, Claire Thompson. Claire Thompson... I believe is at NYU for medical school, so in theory, she could potentially also balance that as well as playing for the Canadian national team. But it's a lot, mm-hmm. so she may maybe she's one of the they have uh, practice players who can play a maximum of ten games. Maybe she ends up being one of those for New York because obviously she's not going to play for any other team based on where she's going to school. Um, Becca Gilmore, Allie Thunstrom, Nicole Mancia, Patty Marshall, Haley Skarupa is a bit of a surprise for me, as well as Kelly Babstock, but I also really don't like Kelly Babstock, so, you know, whatever. Um, <laughs> I have so many opinions about the American players, <laughs> and like, I can't remember if I have legitimate reasons. I do believe Kelly Babstock is a barstool y person, so I might have reasonable hate for this one as opposed to just being American <laughs> which is a baseline level of hate <laughs> I have for most American players <laughs> Um, and then as well Ma- Maddie Rooney so to me like someone like Maddie Rooney as well as Norratu and Amanda Palki, I think is also a goalie um, these types of players will probably make a team but it's just Not right now. (laughs) Um, so yeah, there's, um, that is like your overview.
0: If you have, ooh, interesting. Okay. Sorry, I just found a new tidbit of information as I scrolled back through, um, players. So
1: um the teams did not need to select all compassionate waiver players, but did have to select certain ones, which some players were not happy about. Um so specific players granted compassionate circumstances must take those players in a specified round. So for instance, Natalie Spooner went in round, I think, four. Um so they must have designated that she had to go by round four, which is interesting. And then other players who received compassionate circumstances were told they would not they would not be drafted and would need to try out to secure a roster spot. Um, this is also okay. To be fair, this is also coming from Ian Kendi, who I'll preference this by saying I don't know if I've talked shit on the podcast about him. But I have talked a lot of shit in my circles about him because he's pissed me off a lot this year. Because, first of all, relatively new to the hockey space and is already pissy about everything. Sorry, the women's hockey space. Um, And already thinks he's, like, high and mighty about everything. Um, So one thing is he posted basically a clickbait article with very old quotes from Hillary Knight about the PHF. And also took them out of context and then got mad when the, when I say actual women's hockey reporters, I tend to mean the smaller publication women's hockey reporters from the Ice Garden and the Victory Press. And I also mm-hmm. mean typically Erica Ayala and Haley Salvian. Like th- when I'm talking about women's hockey reporters, that is who I'm talking about most of the time. Um, when they called him out on this, he doubled down basically. Um, so that's one thing. And then he got mad when he wasn't invited to something or didn't get to ask a question at something. And I'm like, again, why would they when you just talk shit to about one of their players and like right. made shit up basically about one of their players? Um and then he's posted he and there's someone else who works for the hockey news with him. Um, covering women's hockey and they posted some just blatant misinformation and instead of correcting it in their article they argued with people and then were like yeah we're wrong but didn't update their article again which again it was like clickbait anger baiting kind of thing and since then he there's been several things i've lost track of basically all of them but he seems to think he's high and mighty and, like, a savior to the women's hockey space, and he really isn't. But even literally yesterday, um, Melissa Turner, who has covered women's hockey and done the socials for the CWHL and the PHF, like, she has lots of experience in this space, Um, tweeted from the Ice Garden account, who are you looking forward to being drafted? What order? Who do you think is going to take who? And he goes... You basically copied this word for word from my article, where which like first of all, it was a tweet asking people to reply to, mm-hmm. and the article was his thoughts. Um, and then he like doubled down, again.
0: <sighs> oh,
1: so, he is an unreliable source in my opinion, and he pisses me off constantly. So. Yeah, like, the only reason why I don't publicly quote tweet him is because he will reply to me at some point, and I do not have the bandwidth to fight with him. Well, I do, but (laughs) it's going to piss me off, so Mm -hmm. I'm trying to, like, for my mental health, (laughs) (laughs) I just rant about him in my circles. Or I just tweet his name and not actually retweet things that Mm -hmm. he's posted. Because I've done that before, too. Um, So... This is potentially not accurate information. That's what that whole rant was about. Um, I don't feel like it's, like, his information is consistently reliable. I wait until I hear,
0: um, other people confirm it to do that.
1: Um. Hold on, sorry, I got very distracted by a TikTok um,
0: <laughs> in my feet here.
1: Um, okay. Yeah. I think for everybody, the biggest surprise that wasn't drafted was Michaela Grant-Mantis. Um, but yeah, so free agency, really exciting. Um, we'll see when that happens. Like we said, training camps start at the middle of November. Um, so that's, again, when you'll see more of
0: the, those extra players going. Um,
1: and we'll see some more signings. There might be some signings already, but, or not already, but soon. Um, I thought Boston had a really strong draft, which also pissed me off. And Ottawa had a relatively weak draft. I don't want to say weak because there were lots of good players drafted. But like mm-hmm. when you look at who they could have picked, you're like, okay, but why? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's it. I'm very excited for this season. I was literally texting my friend who I coach with. Um while the draft was on and she was like we got to go to a game and I was like absolutely I'd love to bring the girls to a game we haven't even drafted our own team yet like that's (laughs) two weeks from now basically (laughs) but we're like yes we want to bring our own team um they had a deposit you could put down a deposit for tickets and they'd send you a gift of some sort as well so I did put down a $50 US deposit for tickets so I better be getting two tickets (laughs) (laughs) because the exchange is a little expensive, <laughs> but that's okay. Um, but yeah, so they said like the whole, your entire deposit goes towards um, the ticket. But they're also going to send you, I assume, some swag of some sort, which I'm happy with. I'll take it. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, this is just the beginning. We're going to see how these int- rosters shape out fully, um, find out who some backup goalies are or some secondary goalies. Find out more about the schedule because we don't really know much about anything (laughs) still. Mm -hmm. They we don't still don't know team names. (laughs) I I really uh... thought they'd tell us today. I thought they'd go like the Montreal whatever are proud to select, but they didn't. They just vibed. (laughs) They were like Montreal. Okay. The other thing was they kept saying every basically every single person, every draft every pick said inaugural pwhl draft an inaugural first of all is a pretty hard word to say in general and then the poor french people were really struggling i felt very <laughs> bad for them was like, i'm so sorry <laughs> like they'd start and have to start again because it didn't start quite right um so yeah Look out, we'll keep giving you women's hockey updates. We'll probably have some additional analysis in next week's episode when the people who follow women's hockey a little bit closer than I do have some additional analysis. But because they're all tired from watching the draft all day, they don't have space in their brain for thoughts. <laughs> I don't know why I thought this was a good idea. I have very little space in my own brain for thoughts. <laughs> like, <laughs> it is what it is. <laughs> um. So yeah, you can... Follow us on Twitter at For Pod, Instagram at For
0: Podcast, TikTok at For Pod, and Tumblr at For Podcast. Bye bye.